0: Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast, RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor alongside James Ledbetter. Thanks for joining us for a Masters edition of the Dream Preview. Led, welcome back. We have a great conversation and breakdown ahead for today's show. What's new?
1: What's new? Just been tuned in to the to the live from live from the Masters stuff. I'm so excited for it. it should be an awesome week.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. There's a few storylines that are worth addressing before we get into. Uh, The favorites, and before we work our way into all the props, you know, number one is Tiger, of course, and his potential return, which seems more certain by the day and and has definitely overshadowed the fact that we have a new new world number one in Scotty Scheffler. So we'll get to Tiger, only 13 months removed from a life-threatening car accident. Uh, But as of today, as we sit here on April 5th, 2022, you know, Tiger says he's ready to go and his expectation is to win this week. So, We'll get into Tiger number two. You know, Rory, uh, who has one win under his belt this season, could potentially complete a Grand Slam this week. It's now been over eight years since he won his last major. So we'll get into our thoughts on Rory and the breakdown, whether he can become the 20th golfer with five major wins. And that leads me to my uh, third storyline is Brooks Kepka, who has fought his way back from injury to record a few good finishes as of late and can also become the 20th golfer to win five major championships. As he chases his first green jacket down, Uh, you know, he's had some good finishes as of late. We'll get into Brooksy a little bit more as the show goes on. And uh, fourth and the final one led is the storyline I've been talking about for weeks. Can Scotty Shuffler take, uh, take off on a run that is reminiscent of Jordan Spieth in 2015. Shuffler's 2022 season that has featured three wins at three distinctly different venues has definitely topped the beginning of Jordan's 2015 season, you know, Jordan had only won the math, the Valspar uh, that year. Leading up to the Masters, and Scheffler has won three times. But Scheffler will need a couple majors out of his good run in order to be in that conversation. Uh, we'll see if he can get there. Led, I'm pumped to get into it today, my friend.
1: Yeah, it should be great. We're off to a little bit of a rough start to the event, I hear there is a peach ice cream sandwich shortage because uh. of. Support- and so because of supply chain issues, someone obviously dropped the ball in that sense. Uh, I hear they are fully stocked out pimento cheese sandwiches, though, so we should be good to go in that aspect. You know, just other other things to kind of keep your eye on. The term crowd is out this week. The term patron is in. That's what we're going to be referring to. Uh, just the way you greet people. Try to mix in some hello, friends. Obviously, that's, you know, the way the telecast has done it over the past couple years. But Yeah, well, did I, uh, you know, Doc, did I miss anything else here? We got, uh, has Ricky been activated for the honorary tee shot?
0: It's, you know, it's uh, Ricky and Jason Day, you know, the two stars of 2015. uh, You know, we're here in 2022, and it seems like we've officially moved on from those two names. You know, their exemptions, Ricky with the 2015 players, Jason Day with the 2015 PGA, their exemptions have expired. Uh, you know, will we see these guys at the Barbasol here coming up,
1: or are they going to turn these, get their games around? We'll see, Led. Yeah, but, you know, and looking at the field this week, right, we got 90, 91 guys, depending if Tiger plays, looks like he is going to be activated. So, you know, we're going with 91 guys in the field this week. Top 50 and ties make the cut. They used to do the 10-shot rule, which was awesome because we always knew what the cut was coming down the stretch. I wish they did that at more events versus – you know, this kind of shuffling that can go on late on a Friday. We don't know where it's exactly at. Um, but yeah, in terms of what we're looking at, you know, looking at the top 10s, looking at the top 20s, right? We're used to got, kind of having these 144-man fields, stuff like that. So, you know, maybe look at those top 10s as uh, maybe even closer to top 15s because realistically we do have 91 guys playing, but 10, 12 of them are kind of those former champions who are probably on the downward uh trend of their careers, right? When you think of uh, Mike Weir, uh, you know, Larry Mize or a yeah. Sandy Lyle, these kind of guys are more spot fillers than obviously going to be contending there late on Sunday. So, you know, Brooks talks about, right. He, he, the reason he likes majors is a lot of guys are eliminated before they even start, you know, even furthering upon that, there's really only 40 or 50 guys that can, that can win this event anyway, just based on form and uh, you know, where they're at in their careers um, you know, getting into the golf course, let's start with number one, T olive, a slight dogwood, right? Par four that plays every bit of 445 yards. Now I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go through every single hole, but <laughs> but I'm just saying I could, I could, right. We got a uh, pink dogwood number two. No, um, just kidding. We're not going to, we're not going to go through the entire course, but it's a par 72. It's now been stretched out to over 7,500 yards over the years with the slight adjustments. Um, no one to keep in mind number 11 they you know added 20 yards to put a new tee box in i was watching dj's press conference today and he said even though they made the hole longer it actually gives you a little more room off the tee in the sense that normally when you used to hit it in the right trees there uh you'd have to just chip back into the fairway now since you'd be far enough back you still kind of have a chance to to play at the green and you know that's pretty much what uh the chairman of Augusta want, right? They want you to be able to, at any point, really make a birdie or make a double based on a a great or terrible shot, right? They want that kind of uh, variability. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I I love
0: how DJ talks about that uh, improvement so differently than someone like uh, Brian Harmon or Zach Johnson would, you know, looking at distance as an advantage. uh, You love to see that with DJ. But yeah, you know, we dove into, you know, the couple storylines that, we're going to keep in mind today: Tiger, Rory, uh, Brooks, Scheffler. You know, those are the big four storylines that Paul, but Paul at the pub, is likely going to think about this week. Uh, Led. Another thing that, uh, if I may, I wanted to bring up as far as getting ready for your picks at Augusta. You know, the big myth is that you have to hit a draw to win at the Masters. Led and Colin Morikawa talked yesterday about how he tried to figure out how to hit a draw the past two years in his prep because. Everyone said that you had to hit a high uh, right to left ball flight and it totally ruined his performance. And by ruined, I mean, finished 18th last year. So not horrible, uh, but the fact that a primary fader of the golf ball can't get it done here uh, is a total myth, you know, Dustin Johnson did it. Danny Willett did it. Jack Nicholas did it five times playing a fade. So I don't want to hear how a left to right shaper of the ball can't get it done here. Now, When you talk about guys like Martin Keimer and Alex Noren, who exclusively play fades with more than five yards of shape, you know, that's a different story. Daniel Berger, big cutter of the golf ball, different story. Terrell Haddon, who, uh, you know, hasn't hit a draw since Nam, you know, that's a different story. Plays a huge wipey cut. Uh, I just want to address that lead when, when talking about the variation of guys today.
1: Yeah, and I think it really comes down to technology, right? When you think of a hole like 13, which used to be this, I mean, it still is huge dogged left par five, you used to have to tee up on the right side of the tee box and really try to sling it around that corner. Now, with today's technology, you can hit so high, so far with so much spin, you can really just take it over trees that you couldn't in the past. So that's a perfect example. You can borderline still hit the fairway hitting a left or right shot on some of these, you know, right to left holes. Doc, I will say, just from a comfortability standpoint, yes, you can still hit fairways working it against the the shape of the hole. But obviously, the course does, most of the holes do move right to left. You know, the only hole you can really think where you're forced to move one left to right would be the 18th tee shot. But for the most part, Doc, exactly what you're saying. This golf course is really open off the tee, right? There's not that many hazards. There's not that many. There's not that much OB you're worried about. When a guy hit one's OB. It's more of like, oh, I didn't even know there was OB there, right? It's just going to have to do with the property lines than anything else. But, you know, other things about the golf course, we're going to have bent greens this week four reachable par fives. That's pretty much what it comes down to most years. When you think of, you know, whether it's a Zach Johnson laying up on every single par five when he won and, you know, dominating it from hundred yards and in, or the guys who have just, uh, you know, been bombers and bailing all that hit seven irons in the par fives to dominate them that way. Uh, I saw on Golf Channel today, someone kind of said, they were talking about Bryson and just talking about this is more, this isn't really a sledgehammer golf course. It's more of a scalpel golf course, right? It is kind of, you do need to be really on top of your game, really sharp. So in terms of looking at guys coming in with some form, we want to see some of that. When you think of a Bryson who has been injured, hasn't been able to practice as much, you know, even go back to watching him at the Dell match play, he's 85 yards away, hitting it to 45 feet you know, that might just be a par at the Dell match play, but at Augusta, that could be a double from 75 yards if you miss it in the wrong, in the wrong spot. Um, good shots are rewarded, bad shots are, uh, sorry, bad shots are punished. And it just has to do with the fact that obviously, you know, these are the fastest greens we're going to see really all year. Um, the green complexes are incredibly severe. So if you do miss short-sighted, you know, it's like a one out of 10 up and down (laughs) type situation. Right. right. The veterans,
0: you you know, the veterans know uh, where never to go. And the rookies are looking at places in the practice rounds, uh, you know, that, that a veteran would never even think about going towards, you know, and and this is what I'm trying to say, Uh, you know, a guy like, you know, I'll I'll use the, you know, (laughs) the amateur in the field, Aaron Jarvis, he's looking at places in the practice round around the greens, uh, you know, wait, you know, I not wasting your time, but, you know, looking at places that a Lee Trevino or a Tiger Woods would never even think twice about going towards. So as far as prep and all that, uh, you know, the veteran obviously has the advantage of against the national.
1: Yeah. And even looking back at the stats, you know, on Sunday, when we're looking at guys and why didn't they play well or why they miss the cut, you know, a guy's... The guy's stats might say he was two for 12 on up and downs, but I feel, feel like that would be more indicative of him just leaving his second shots in the round in the wrong spot rather than just having a rough chipping week. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, w- you know, some other subtle subtleties. It, I think it's huge. Course history is big here. If you played it 17 times versus yeah. uh, versus your first time, um, I think that's a big deal. Doc, even factoring the weather, I mean, we're sitting here on Tuesday. It looks like Tuesday is going to be a borderline wash for practice rounds for guys playing in their first masters. You know, that could be a pretty big deal if you cut your number of practice rounds down from three to two or two to one, you know? So, you know, that's certainly something to look at. When we look at guys that have won here, here's our past seven winners, Jordan speed, Danny, Willett, Sergio, Patrick Reed, Tiger, DJ and Hideki. The average winning score over the past year is 13 under par. Uh, Closer to 11 when we toss out the uh, DJ November Masters when he broke the scoring record with 20 under par. So 11 under the course obviously holds its own. Um, But yeah, I mean, for the most part, Doc, exactly what you said. I don't think we can just eliminate. It's lazy to just eliminate golfers that work the ball left or right. because, uh, you know, with today's technology, you can just take it over trees. You can do stuff that you couldn't do in the past. We're not, you know, using persimmon woods and feather balls <laughs> feather balls anymore. But um, in terms of the stats, we'll look at, you know, stroke skiing approach is certainly one of them. So Augusta is a second shot golf course. You know, I saw a tweet from Justin Ray that I think really helped illustrate this. Since 2010, players that finished in the top 10 each year hit an average of 9.6 fairways per round. Everyone else in the field hit an average of 9.5 fair, fairies per round, pretty much meaning there is zero correlation to how many fairways you hit and how you play at the Masters, right? The the rough is not penalizing really at all. Um, Doc, obviously we want to factor in the weather a little bit, right? Uh, from the most part, you know, I'm looking at AccuWeather. It says we're going to have sustained 12-plus mile-an-hour winds for all four days, potential gusts up to 25, 30 miles per hour. Uh, certainly going to be looking at guys uh, – you know how they fare around the greens because you know if it's obviously windy you can hit a good shot and still miss greens out here and doc the the things with these green complexes as we know is let's say you have a green that's the greens play smaller than they are right because the ball isn't going to stay on you know some areas of the greens here so you, you know you think of the whole like third hole at augusta you know short par four um you know that that green might look the size of a swing pool, but it plays the size of a ping pong table because of the way it slopes off in the front. And next thing you know, you thought you had a good wedge shot. And it rolls, uh, you know, rolls all the way off the front of the green. So, you know, the stats we're really going to look at, um, I mentioned earlier, strokes gained approach, how guys do on Brent's bent grass, so strokes gained uh, putting on bent um, and then strokes gained around the green bogey avoidance, par five scoring. Those are all things we're kind of, gonna, you know, bring in uh, to look at uh, these guys going forward.
0: And the format of today's show, we'll dive into the top 10 to 12 favorites, then work our way into matchups, move into picks to place, give out some horses, give out a couple outright winners. We'll give you our lineups, a winning scoring prediction, and leave you with a few best bets uh, rolling into the Masters. Uh, Lad, should we get started here with uh, John Rahm at 10 to 1?
1: Okay, and for our first guy, John Rahm at 10 to 1. You know, he does have four top tens at the Masters coming in this week. Before the last couple of weeks, Rom couldn't finish outside the top five. He had a third at the Farmers, a second at the Central. So, you know, we did have high expectations. Um, and it, there's a reason he dropped out of that number two spot. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler has <laughs> been playing amazing, but also Rom hasn't exactly been playing like himself. You know, 17th at the Arnold Palmer, at 21st at the Genesis, and an MC at Players Dock. And what it really comes down to is, he has not been putting the way he normally does. He's lost strokes on the greens in four straight weeks. And, uh, you know, with Ron, we never question the ball striking. It's just, uh, it is a, it is been a bit of a putting contest for him. But he's at 10 to one. I just can't take a guy that's, uh, you know, really been struggling with a, with a, with the putter out of gusto, which is <laughs> the, you know, toughest greens out there.
0: Yeah, his putting, you know, Rahm's putting doesn't scare me as much as, let's say, a Will Zalatoris or a Luke List because we do know the type of putter John Rahm can be. We saw it at last year's U.S. Open. Uh, and more importantly, we have seen it at Augusta National where John Rahm has finished in the top 10 four years in a row. But the bottom line is because of the state of John Rahm's short game and putting as of late at an outright number of 10 to one. That's just ridiculous. I'm totally out on John Rom this week. Uh, and moving on to Justin Thomas at four, uh, 14 to one Over the last 24 rounds, it's tough to find a better iron player on tour than Justin Thomas. We uh, got a peak of it when he was, only, he was the only superstar to make it out of the first round afternoon wave of the player's, and when it came to JT at TPC Sawgrass, Justin Thomas was flashy with the irons. Justin Thomas was uh, creative with his shot shapes. Justin Thomas weathered the storm of terrible conditions, like a young Tom Watson at the British open. Uh, Justin Thomas did not win the players this year, but he put on a performance that makes you believe that he's a top three iron player in the world right now. Uh, then he finished third in, at, you know, at Dallas Bar in a tournament uh, in which, he failed to close out over Sam Burns and Davis Riley, and here's what you have to worry about if you're playing Justin Thomas this week. Justin Thomas is nearly dead last on tour and putting from ten to from ten to twenty five feet, which is the range of putt where the money is made on the PGA Tour, and more importantly at Augusta National. Uh, you know that's very tough to see for someone who is 14 to one to win this golf tournament. And, you know, as good as JT can hit his irons and, you know, can hit the stinger uh, and as important as approach numbers are here at Augusta, I really cannot even begin to think about Justin Thomas at 14 to one.
1: Doc, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because JT is certainly one of my guys this week. I just like the way he's trending. Okay, we got an 8th at the Phoenix Open. We've got a 6th at the Genesis. We got a 3rd at the Valspar. We got maybe a 1st at the Masters, right? That sounds good. Uh bones on the bag, right? Bones has has got a couple True. Yeah. True. Bones got a couple green jackets. Obviously knows his place like the back the back of his hand. Doc, what do you think of this idea? Caddies as of former Masters champions. You know, as we know, caddy the caddy suit is always all white. Like that's their absolute, you know, have to wear that what do you think of caddies that have you know been on the bag of a masters winner they go with the full green suit so then it's a little bit easier to recognize in the fairway you know that's a former masters champion i i don't know i think that could be a thing
0: i love that the uh dark tones on a warm uh spring day in augusta it might get a little uncomfortable you know it's a long sleeve you know long sleeve everything the white's nice and cool uh, but I do love the mindset because we're going to get to Scheffler in a sec with Ted Scott. There are caddies that you know return to this place with other players, not their champions. You know they need to be able to show off a little bit too. You know the, the players get a green jacket. What, what, what do the caddies get? A flag, a flag stick, or a, a, a exactly. A- uh, a signed flag? No, give me a break here.
1: Give me maybe a star on the back of their yeah.
0: their jumper, or you know something, something creative. They
1: got to get some. I mean, do they even get a hat from the uh, exclusive pro shop? <laughs> Those I don't know. Yeah, after Hideki's caddy bowed, I mean, I, I, that guy should get a, a jacket in, in in his own right. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, you know, I'll talk about this more in terms of our picks, our winners. But uh, you know, I don't mind JT at all at fourteen to one. I just really think he's trending in the right direction. And, you know, you're taking a guy who's 14th off the tee, seventh approach, uh, and he's gained strokes off the tee and approach in four straight weeks heading into this event. So, you know, trending the right direction. He does have, you know, six for six in cuts made here, which we like. Hasn't finished worse in, than 22nd. So, um, you know, has a fourth place finish here in 2020. He's been there. He's been there around the lead. So, you know, I don't mind JT at 14 to one. But moving into our next guy, Cameron Smith, 14 to one. Doc, you're welcome to play Cam. I'm not going to. I'm way too stubborn. Uh, Which is a more fraudulent title? Lakers bubble title title, or Cam Smith's players title? Okay. Yes, I think we should take Cam Smith serious, right? Incredible performance at the players. But he's taken down Arnavarn Lahiri and Harold Varner in the final round. It wasn't exactly a Mount Rushmore slugfest there. Uh, You know, when you look back at that event, Mother Nature kind of took out 75% of the field before the event even got to the weekend so yeah i know it is a player's win 100 but i mean that wasn't exactly the fifth major or what they normally build it up to be when you've got guys like jt uh you know shooting 70 and he's saying it's like the best round of his entire life (laughs) kind of thing so uh yeah and, and in terms of how he did it doc i'm always gonna back a ball striker over a putter um Yes, Cameron Smith is the best putter in this field. But when you look at it, like at the players, he picked up 12 strokes uh, at the players on the greens. You know, if he put it average that week, he's finishing 50th and we're not even we're not even worried about it. So do we really think that, you know, over a two event, three event span that uh, um, that Cam Smith's going to be able to sustain that kind of putting? Uh, yes, he does have a bit of course history here. He finished second here in 2020 and has two other top tens. But. It's just really hard for me to look at Cam Smith as a as a top three favorite this week at 14 to one.
0: I'm exactly with you, Led. You look back at, uh, you know, Cam Smith's player championship, you know, well done, well deserved. But he didn't have to take down the best players in the world by any means. You know, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa. Uh, I'm, I'm missing a couple other uh, a couple other guys that were completely eliminated from the tournament. Uh, Because of weather, Scotty Scheffler, I think he ended up making the cut, but he, you know, he put two in the water on 17 on Saturday.
1: Uh Uh, You
0: know, didn't have to really take down the best players in the world. Um, You know, he's had some great finishes here at Augusta, which makes his top 10 number plus 140 a bit interesting. But I think he's the most overpriced favorite as far as the top 10 to 12 are concerned. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. just one more little nugget there. Even though Smith is the best putter in the field, his worst surface is bent. So not saying he's going to go out there and three putt a couple of times, but in terms of, you know, are we going to see some putting, uh, you know, exhibition like at players where he picked up 12 strokes on the field? Probably not. And the, realistically, the way his game is, he has to do that in order to win. So 14 to one, I just think that's a little pricey.
0: Okay, led great little deep dive there regarding Cam Smith. We move on to Colin Morikawa at sixteen to one, and just like Rom and just like Victor Hovland, who uh, led, will get to in a minute. Uh, Colin Morikawa's numbers around the greens and on the putting surfaces are absolutely shocking as far as what you want to see coming into the Masters, and that will be the big question this week: Can he make enough putts? Uh, the one positive aspect from uh, of Morikawa's putting is he is in the top 20 on tour in putting between 10 to 20 feet, according to PGA tour.com, which is a big plus around Augusta. Do I believe he can win this week? Not this year at Augusta for Morikawa. I believe he is probably another masters or two away from really figuring this place out. Uh, You know, but that is not to say I don't like Morikawa this week because I truly believe that he can, ball strike his way to a top 20 finish this week. And I don't mind his top 20 number at minus 110 on FanDuel. I talked about how much I love Morikawa's mindset heading into this week with how focused he is on hitting fairways and hitting solid cuts and playing his game. I don't think we see Morikawa win this week, but he will improve upon his 18th place finish from last year. Um, and I also, you know, as far as the matchups are concerned, led. I do love Colin Morikawa or Victor Hovland on FanDuel minus
1: 108. Yeah. You know, even looking at the weather conditions, probably not ideal that we're getting torrential downpour, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, making the course a little longer, obviously, you know, Colin's not the shortest guy out there, but he's definitely, I'd say in the mid tier, right. He's not, obviously he's not a bomber. So I don't think that sets up great for him. Yeah. 16 to one. No, thanks. I just think there's other guys in that area that I, I would rather play at that number, but um, moving into our next guy, Dustin Johnson at 16 to one. Um, Doc, before we even look at DJ, do we have Intel on DJ's accommodations this week? Is, is he going with the one story house? Uh, we cannot have any tumbles down any staircases. You know, we just, can now have that obviously
0: (laughs) no doubt with the wedding coming up you know they you know him and Paulina they spent the whole fall playing the wedding you don't need to be tumbling down any stairs ruining the masters ruining major season uh ruining the you know the the wedding that's going to cost DJ probably millions and well DJ or Wayne I don't know what you know what practice they're using but anyways uh on with DJ
1: yeah so you know course history five stars five straight top tens obviously former champion uh Coming into this, uh, coming into last year before he he did miss the cut at at last year's event. Um, Some people panicking about that. I am not. uh, That's classic. That's classic defending champion stuff from DJ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, But it's rough though, right? Because then he he had to stay around for the weekend to to give (laughs) to give the jacket away. But um, people think Dustin's having an awful year. He just hasn't really like played that much, right? He has twenty fifth at the Farmers. Uh, Top 10 at players, 39th at the Valspar. He made it to the semifinals at the match play. So, you know, not playing terrible. Doc, I don't love 16-1 to just given the fact that Dustin hasn't been winning that much really over the last, you know, year, year and a half. He was known as one of those guys. I believe it was a 10, 12-year kind of record he had going where he had at least one tour win every year. That's kind of fallen off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think, you know it's like we're looking at obviously the the favorites here and i at 16 to 1 i just like other guys in that area more than more than dustin
0: no doubt and you know i the 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 stat that scares me with dj you know he's he's really kind of struggling around the greens he's kind of struggling around the greens the way that he did in the early 2010s a little bit to where it's just it's a little sketchy and i don't like that going into this week for dj
1: yeah, and you know, he's he's kind of been a guy who he's been a bit a street, a bit of a streaky putter, obviously, you know, been a great ball striker for a long time. But at least where he's at right now, if he has a four and a half, five footer, I'm kind of you know, the tum- the stomach is uh turning a little bit over it. And I think it is for him too. You even think of the way the WC match play ended. I believe he lost on 17, kind of missing that uh that four footer in the semifinal little uh 360 lip out. Yeah. So Yeah, he's not exactly putting, you know, the stats back as well, not putting as good as he has in the past.
0: Okay, excellent work there regarding DJ. On to uh, Jordan Spieth at 16-1. to Listen, uh, I faded Jordan Spieth last week against Corey Connors, and it pushed because of Jordan's gritty mindset to make the cut in front of the Texas faithful instead of packing it in and flying to Augusta like Rory and Bryson did. Uh, but that being said, I cannot trust Jordan this week because <clears throat> it's not even Jordan's fault. Ed. I'm not blaming this on Jordan. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with Jordan. I continue to not trust the direction he is going in with longtime coach Cameron McCormick. When you watch Spieth's practice swings and pre-shot waggles, the feel has been completely eliminated from this game. I understand that. You know He's been the gold standard when it comes to playing well at Augusta, but for someone who Vegas is calling the uh, fourth or fifth favorite to win this golf tournament uh, should be illegal. I, I should be getting 40 to 1 odds on speed to win this week, and I should be getting plus odds for him to finish top 20 with the way he's been playing, especially uh, coming off the worst week of his life on the greens of Valero and Uh, You know, he's overpriced from one end of the book to the other. I mean, I'm seeing Spieth over Mark Leishman at minus 152 on Bandool. Uh, Don't even look at Jordan this week because Barney at the Bar probably has a second mortgage on him this week.
1: I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, Doc. Okay. Um, yes, the. Practice swings we saw at the Austin Austin Country Club where it looks like he kind of found a drill off YouTube and is just giving it a go is concerning. Don't get me wrong. It is concerning. But the one thing we do like is you can spray it off the tee at Augusta. Right. Um, And, you know, despite the swing changes and all the stuff he's going through, he has picked up, uh, you know, he has picked up shots approach in his last four events you know even going back to last sunday uh at valero picked up five shots uh, approach in the final round in route to that final round 67 bogey free uh i might add and just looking at that week he lost seven strokes putting on the greens okay yep. and finished 35th or worst of like his that. life lad yeah but you know if he has an average putting week last week He's a two-time, you know, Valero Texas Open champion, and you know maybe his odds are fourteen to one. So I did find him at eighteen to one on DraftKings. So that's a number I'm I'm looking at. I do I, I do like that. You know, five top three finishes and eight starts here at Augusta. He does love this place. And uh, I mean, is there anyone you'd rather really have around the greens here than Jordan Spieth? Probably not.
0: Fair lead, fair. I will say, if you must have a piece of Jordan Spieth this week, if if you're just looking to get into the Uh, The Spieth-Greller geniusness around Augusta. If you just need a ticket in there on Jordan this week, I do like Jordan Spieth over Victor Hovland at plus 112 on Fanduel. I know you haven't gotten into Victor yet. I think he's going to struggle big time on the greens, off the greens, around the greens. I like Jordan Spieth over Victor Hovland at plus 112 if you must have a bet on Jordan this week. Don't mind it. Now, let on to uh, Rory McIlroy, you know, a chance – Uh, for him to become the 20th player to win five majors? Can he do it this week? Can he not? Is he finally going to achieve the Grand Slam after, uh, what, eight years since he's previously won a major? Can can he do it, Like,
1: Yeah, Rory at 16 to 1. For some reason, before I went back and looked at the stats, I thought, uh, you know, Rory hadn't played well in the Masters because he hadn't won one. But, you know, realistically, he's made 11 cuts and 13 starts. He has six top tens at this event. Um, you know he has done well, Doc. The one time that comes to mind when he kind of had one arm or one arm in the sleeve at the at the jacket in the jacket was uh, in 2011 when he had a four shot lead going into the back nine. There, uh, unfortunately, unraveled a bit. But yeah, I mean, Rory's game is in shape. He won the CJ Cup earlier in the year, has a tenth at Genesis, thirteenth at Arnold Palmer. Um, you know, tough golf courses and. Doc, I honestly don't even know why he played Valero. I know he's trying to change up his uh, his Masters pre-Tourney prep routine. Um, I don't know if they promised him a you know a, a gas gift card at Valero where he uh, you know you know obviously with those prices, but uh, um, yeah, I'm not overreacting to a miscut at the Valero uh, for Rory. This isn't like Bryson, who's shown no form all year and then missing another cut, shooting five over he missed the cut by one shot. I think he, uh, he parred the 18th hole on Friday two shot par five. And it was probably like, you know, do you even want to birdie that and make the cut on the number and have to do two more days versus actually getting the prep in at Augusta. So not concerned about Roy's cut at all. If anything, it juices the number a little bit. I've seen him at 18 to one in some places. So do a little, uh, uh, you know, price shopping on that number, but yeah, I think Roy can do well here. He's, you know, one of the longest guys on tour, we're, you know, we're getting a lot of rain right now. The course is going to play every bit of 7,500 yards. The fact that he has 20 yards on the average tour player, I think is a big deal. And I think that could play in well to uh, him having a good week this week. Okay.
0: So leds on Rory, uh, you know, the, the last player to miss a cut before winning the masters uh, was on hell Cabrera in 2009. Emelman did the same thing in 2008. I'm off Rory. You know, I've heard murmurs left and right, a couple of whispers, a couple of senses led that uh, Rory's going to faucet and do the whole, de- g- you know, decade golf system. Um, you know, play to the center of the greens, play scared, uh, you know, don't go breaking pens. And, you know, and the, I'll, I'll use the words of Kevin Kisner, you know, scared money doesn't make money. Uh, this won't be the answer for Rory, the whole faucet system. So I'm off Rory. Um, this week on to Scotty Scheffler at 16 to one. Uh now, you know, everyone this week is going to want to talk about how Scotty can't win four events in six gar- six starts. Uh, but why not? Why not? His his ascent to world number one has been totally masked by Tiger Woods returning to golf this week. He has absolutely no pressure. Uh, and he has two solid top 20 finishes in his first two years at Augusta. His putting numbers are uh, you know, getting better after he had a bit of a rocky start to the season on the greens, notably a bit sketchy from that four to 10 foot range. Uh, but I'm not really seeing that as one of one of Scotty's blemishes to his golf game. I think, uh, you know, he was on set for live from the masters with Oberholzer and car banks. And he said he got a ton of rest over the last two weeks after he won in Austin, he looks good. I think he can make a real run at the jacket this week. And here's one more thing uh, to consider if you're questioning whether Scotty Scheffler can really pull off four wins and six starts. This cat, Scotty Scheffler, led, has won at three very distinctly different venues over the course of this year. I think it was Mark Rolfing who has been talking about this on, uh, on the Golf Channel. But it's such an excellent point, really. is Scotty Scheffler, he won – at the wasted management on the desert, he goes to Arnie's place in Florida, wins on that grainy Bermuda, you know, in Florida, and then he goes to Austin Country Club. Of course, that is unlike any other event on tour, and wins in front of that Longhorn faithful. The fact that Scotty Scheffler has won at three very different venues is a, is a reason to believe uh, that he can make a run at the Green Jacket. Now, here's the problem: I don't like sixteen to one. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I want. I want somewhere around 20. I want him in the cantlay range. I'm not going to get it. So instead, um, I see, you know, I see Scotty Scheffler over John Rahm at plus 115 on DraftKings. That's going to be a matchup I'm looking at when looking to play Scotty Scheffler this week.
1: Yeah, certainly. I actually saw Scotty. He was on a podcast last week and just talking about the mentalities. And um, you know, most people get to the, the Masters, and it's obviously a big deal for them. They want to win. And I a quote Scotty said is, you know, green jacket, isn't going to change my life. So I think that's a pretty cool mindset to have coming in, obviously coming on in off free wins, but there are some other guys who definitely a green jacket would change their life, or at least their perspective of it. And, you know, we, I, I I hate, I don't want to forget about
0: talking about his caddy Ted Scott and and the experience that that guy has here. You mix that with how well he's been playing as of late and you, 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 you listen to Scotty talk about the importance of Ted on the bag, the process they go through, how they relate so much, you know, in the in the world of faith and all that. It just seems like uh, they really come together as a team, Vlad. And I, I think when talking about someone that could win four events and six starts, which really that's Tiger material. Um, you know, it, it, Ted Scott's another big reason to believe that Scotty Shuffler can do that.
1: Yeah, and I, I do like Scotty over even a Cam Smith in a matchup, too, that I saw. And I'll, I'll mention that later. But, yeah, moving into our next guy, Victor Hovland at 18-1. to one, Two starts here. Uh, finished tied 32nd, tied 21st. Uh, trending in the right direction, right? Uh, you know, for a top 10 or a high finish, Hovland is third in strokes gained approach, which is a stat we absolutely love for this week. We look at what he's done this year: win at Mayakoba, win on the DP World Tour. Last four starts, fourth at Genesis, second at Arnold Palmer. Um, Doc, can we take this guy? Struggling the way he's struggled uh, around the greens, short game. I mean, he's lost strokes around the greens in 11 of his last 13 starts. Uh, this is going to probably be, you know, on the you know top five of hardest places to get up and down around. You know. And we're looking at the weather. It's going to be pretty windy. I don't think Hoblin's just going to, going to be able to go around here, hit 17, 18 greens and, uh, you know, Bob's your uncle kind of thing. But in terms of, I just can't take a guy less than 20 to one that seems like he has a major flaw in his game. You know, he has said has, he's been working on the chipping a little bit more. Just think about him on, I don't know. Let's say you got money on him down the stretch and he hits it long on 15 now he's got that like you know grainy chip shot with water behind. Do you really trust him in that spot? So, yeah, Doc, I just can't. I can't take a guy less than twenty oh one with a major part of his game out of uh, out of whack right now, especially on a course where you're gonna have to get the ball up and down. Of course, it's dependent on where you leave it, but even simple chips, you know, he's hitting him eight feet, everyone else hitting him three feet, kind of thing. So, you know, I just, for me, I'm out on Hoblin.
0: I'm with you, Led. I think one day Victor will bring a green jacket home to Norway, but not this year. And he'll be someone I look to fade in the matchups for that reason, for the same reason that I don't like John Rahm. I cannot trust the short game numbers around the green. And I'm also shocked to see his outright number at 20 to one for that reason. So uh, out on Victor this week, we'll move on to Brooks Koepka at 20 to one. Uh, and it's been about two months since Brooks Kepka called his fall to number 20 in the world, embarrassing. And since that moment, he finished third at the Waste Management, 16th at the Honda, third at the Valspar, and he made it out of pool play at the WGC match play last week before losing to DJ in the round of 16. He did have a miscut uh, at the player's squeezed in there, but you cannot count that as a real start from a betting perspective because he got absolutely screwed in the draw with Morikawa and Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantley. So regardless of the players, I think, uh, you know, the good performances at venues like PGA National and Brook are going to give him the confidence that he needs rolling into this week. And, you know, but it's not even like he really needs the confidence in the first place when it comes to major championships, but by, by now uh, we all know that Brooks has another gear when it comes to these majors. So uh, for that reason, I'm definitely going to be going to be looking into Brooks from one side of the book to the other this
1: week led. Yeah, I don't have anything on Kepka this week. I think, uh, you know, we've always said he's shown up in majors, shown up in majors, you know, which is true for the most part. Uh, I mean, not the most form coming in we would normally like to see yeah. from a guy who's going to compete. You know, I think one of his bigger wins in the last calendar year is probably in the in the match over Bryson, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if that's on the tournament resume right now, that's not exactly the form we're looking for coming. And it,
0: this it, it cost him, you know, that week cost him. That was kind of the week that he had to play through an injury and it ended up, you know, uh, fracturing the rest of his season. I think yeah. it's going to be really good to get a healthy Brooks this week back in the majors. Uh, you know, I, I believe he missed the cut here last year. Uh, but, you know, like I said, was dealing with all those injuries. You have to look back look back at 2019 when he finished second to tiger i think we're gonna see him back in that form this week maybe get a little extra juice in that system uh based off the fact that tiger's playing i'm sure that gets brooks riled up
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and then for our next guy patrick Cantley at 20 to 1 um you know he's made three of five cuts at the masters top 10 in 2019 uh zero time major champion you know he's starting to get on that list of guys who haven't won that are That's great. right <laughs> uh i'd say if anything he's coming in a bit under the radar uh you know that number i've seen 25 to 1 in some places which i don't mind uh a winning ticket on him um and DraftKings right now he's 20 to 1 so i i can't take it that uh Doc, I was looking – it's hard to, like, you know, we're looking at this WCC match play. That's the last start for a lot of these top players coming in. And, you know, you don't want to overreact or underreact. It's obviously hard to find stats on match play because, you know, some of these matches are only going 14 holes. Um, Cantlay, uh, he didn't make it to the final 16, but he played solid. I mean, he was 12 under uh, in his three rounds um, during the mat- – during those, uh, you know th- – the the group stages of the match, really. right? Pool so, play, pool play, the pool play, the pool play. So you know, not playing terrible. Um, start before that was a miscut at the uh, you know the mother mother nature affected players. Uh, but here's his actual season: fourth at Century, ninth at Amex, fourth at Pebble, second at Waste Management, where he lost in the playoff, thirty third at Genesis as well. So you know, he is playing like himself. Just the last month just hasn't really has those uh, results that really jump out at you. Um pretty crazy stat he's he's gained strokes off the tee and 15 of his last 16 starts but the iron play has not been what we are used to seeing especially this PJ tour season he's kind of fallen off compared to last so on a course that's so second shot dependent yes i know that patrick cantley's you know you playing you know from 320 out middle of every fairway but um i just i can't take a guy who you know in that same kind of range and he's you know top tier range where He's lost strokes uh, in his last four events with the with the approach shot. So I think that number is priced pretty well. If you can find it at 25 to one again, you know, I don't mind maybe a play on that, but I think that number for the most part's is pr- uh, priced correctly. So it's a bit of a pass for me. I agree. I think it's priced correctly. Or, well, I, I agree with this in the sense
0: that, that it's priced correctly, maybe even a little bit underpriced uh, because I think, he's another player who is being slept on this week because of the miscut at the players where he too was screwed because of bad luck in the draw. I, you know, I think that we're going to start to see his ball striking come around here this week, a little bit. Um, he has great history here with Lowam at the masters 10 years ago. Um, I, I think he's a bit underpriced because of the players we'll see. We'll get into Cantley a little bit later on when it comes to the winners. Uh, as far as the winners are concerned, my winner's, um, uh, with, with, Patrick Cantlay. So let, let's move into the matchups for this week. Um, I'll start it off here. Colin Morikawa over, uh, Victor Hovland at minus one Oh eight on FanDuel. We'll start with a matchup between two heavyweight favorites this week. Uh, now both of these players have had their issues with the short game, Colin, a little more with the putter, Uh, even though that has has been improving as of late. But this will come down to Victor Hovland's inability to get up and down if he misses a green. If you you do not hit your chip shots, if you do not hit your pitch shots to a tee at Augusta National, you'll suffer huge consequences, and that's what lies ahead for Victor Hovland this week. Now, you might say, well, Doc, you know, Morikawa's numbers around the green haven't been the best in the world either. You know, and I hear you. You know, he had his issues at the Bar, He had his issues with the players. But you have to understand the difference in the rough at those venues versus the rough at Augusta National.
1: And not to mention, Doc, it's not just his chipping off grass. You know, you go back to Bay Hill where he just looked like it was the first time he'd ever hit a bunker shot before. And, you know, those are obviously sprinkled all over uh, the Augusta National grounds in terms of he's gonna. you're going to have some bunker shots where if you don't hit a good bunker shot, you're going in the water kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that's another thing to look at with Hobland is not only the chipping struggles, but also from the bunker.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt. You know, he's looked silly. He's even admitted it, you know, and, and um, you know, he says he's a bit lost with the, with the short game. And I, you know, as for Colin, just so you're not too scared about his, you know, the chipping issues for Colin at Valspar and the players, you know, the rough um, at most of those PGA tour events, uh, and the Florida swing or hand moan, you know, which makes it thick Bermuda nearly impossible to get out of. So we'll give Colin a pass there. I think we're going to see Morikawa put on a ball striking clinic, and we're going to see the touch around the greens that we saw him. Um, you know, he's going to have the touch around the greens that we saw at that final day at the Genesis open back in February, you go back and watch Colin Morikawa's final round of Riviera, and you'll get a preview of the shots I'm talking about. This kid has all the shots, believe me. Uh, my first matchup is going to be Colin Morikawa over Victor Hovland minus 108 on FanDuel.
1: Love it. Love it. And then for my first matchup, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler over Cam Smith minus 110. That can be found on BetMGM. I mean, we're getting the number one player in the world at even money. Where do I sign up, right? Uh, The number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, is the complete player through the bag. You know, and – just looking at it, he's a more consistent player than Cam Smith overall. Obviously, you can draw back to the three wins uh, Scheffler has this, has this year. Um, he's finished in the top five in six of his last nine starts. He's picked up strokes t to green in eight of those nine starts. Um, picked up strokes on the greens in seven of those. So really, like putter, irons, driver, everything is really where you want it to be. Both starts at Augusta, he does have top 20s. So I look for him to improve on that this week. Meanwhile, yes, Cam Smith, you know, winner earlier this year at the the century, broke the scoring record, um, obviously won the the Mother Nature players. Uh, (laughs) You know, Cam has lost, Cam lost nine strokes off the tee in his last two starts. So granted, I know this course isn't that tee ball dependent, but I think Cam Smith would have to have an unreal week with the putter for him to beat Scheffler. And what it really comes down to is I trust Scheffler having a solid week throughout the bag more than. Cam having a blackout week with the putter. So that's why for my first head-to-head, I'm taking Scotty Scheffler over Cam Smith, minus 110. Doc, you have to take the number one player in the world if it's, uh, you know, if the books see them evenly, right? <laughs>
0: Actually, I completely agree. I'm doing a, a similar play. Um, I, I'll I'll quickly just breeze over this one because Led just talked about Scotty. I'm going to do Scotty Scheffler over John Rom plus 115 on DraftKings. Very similar play. You know, uh, Rom is, you know, very... Very um, has struggled a lot with the short game over the last, you know, four or five events. And Scotty's been rolling for the for the reasons that I said. You know, he's playing well at all these different venues, um, and I think he, you know, he's going to be the type of Masters player that we've seen Jordan Spieth have all been Yeah,
1: the way Scotty's playing right now, it's like you know he's going to finish seventh and be upset, kind of thing. Right, right.
0: right. <laughs> I, I think you know he's he already has a couple. Masters under his belts, I believe two top twenty finishes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I like his chances this week. So, led you. You have you have Scotty over Cameron Smith at minus one ten. Okay, and I, I have Scotty Scheffler over John Rahm at plus one fifteen on DraftKings. So uh, we're both on top of Scheffler this week, uh, as far as the matchups is concerned. I'll move into my next matchup, which is going to be Billy Horschel over Terrell Hatton. The plus 112 on FanDuel. Now, look, I've been a huge critic of Billy Ho over the last few months. And, you know, the bottom line is he's simply proven me wrong. I mean, you have to believe Billy when he says that him and his team are making great changes that are providing more consistency in his game uh, because the results have proven that, you know, he is not finished outside the top 20 since the Sony Open back in January that includes the WGC mass play where he advanced the round of 16, you know, and then, you know, he does not have a win yet this season, but Billy Ho's arm play is crisp and Billy Ho's arm or Billy Ho's putting is dialed, you know, now let's talk Terrell Hatton, who, you know, a lot of the talking heads will look at this week as a good option and uh, because he's so sharp with the irons and his putting has been solid as of late. But let me tell you what the big issue with Terrell Hatton is that you have to, you know, the big issue with Tyrrell Hatton is, is, is this. Have you ever seen him hit a shot where he doesn't fade the ball at least eight yards? Yes? No. no. Yeah, I can't. I don't see Terrell Hatton having a tight enough fade in order to truly contend on this golf course, much less take down Billy Ho this week, uh, a guy who's been on an absolute heater. So uh, my second – Picked the, or uh, My second matchup this week is going to be Billy Horschel over Tyrrell Hyden at plus 112 on
1: Tandu. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Billy Ho, he's probably – he loves the uh, – if you bring your cell phone out at Augusta, you're thrown out, right? He's probably, <laughs> com- he's probably completely on board of that rule. Um, so uh, no distractions for Billy this week uh, for that matchup. But for me, I for my next matchup, I have Luke List over Eric Van Rooyen plus 100, which can be found on draft teams. Luke is ninth off the tee and 19th approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. When you compare that to Eric Van Royen, he is 46 off the tee and 23rd approach. So I'm just giving the way better ball striker in this matchup. When you look at Van Royen's season, he has zero top tens. He does have a 13th place finish at the players, but you know, as we talked about <laughs> earlier in the pod, a bit of a fraudulent result there. Um, Van Royen has lost strokes putting in six straight events. Uh, so, we're getting, the better, we're getting the better ball striker in uh, Luke List. And then the only thing that Van Royen does better than Luke List is putt, and he's lost strokes in six straight events. So I have no idea how Luke List, how we're getting him at plus one, plus 100. Here's a little nugget for you, Will, that I absolutely love. Luke List has played here one time all the way back in 2005. He finished tied 33rd, low-AM low honors. So we got four competitive rounds here. Granted, it was about 30 years ago. But I think that's, you know, compared to a guy like Eric Van Rooyen, who's a, a, a Masters rookie, I think that's another kind of notch in the belt for, uh, for a guy like Luke List. So better ball striker, putting better than the uh, than Eric Van Rooyen. I think at plus 100 on DraftKings, that's a must play. My
0: fourth matchup, I'm sorry, third. So far, we have more call over Hoblin at minus 108 on FanDuel. We have Horschel over Hatton at plus 112 on FanDuel. And we have Scotty shuffle over John Rahm plus 115 on DraftKings. My fourth matchup is going to be Tom Hoagie over Harold Varner, the third minus 110 on DraftKings. Now my second matchup is another one that will end in an absolute blowout and likely one of my best bets. And that's going to be Hoagie over Varner at minus 110. Number one, Varner is not nearly the player that Hoagie is when it comes to Bermuda. That's one. Number two, if Hale Varner had won the Saudi International, he wouldn't even be on the board as far as matchups are concerned. Tom Hoagie has been the far more consistent player and has shown that he can compete at all the different types of venues from one end of the country to the other. Uh, He played well in Vegas at the Shriners. Then he goes to South Carolina, performs at the RSM, finishes fourth there. Then he wins at Pebble after knocking on the door at the Amex with, uh, you know, teammate Paul Barjon. remember they went back and forth to the Amex. Uh, both didn't get it done, but Hoagie goes on, wins the Pebble a couple of weeks later. Then he survives a wobbly putting stretch at Bay Hill and Sawgrass to make the cut in both of those events. So, you know, yes, Hoagie is a rookie at Augusta, but let me tell you, this is a different cat whose game is so well-rounded, and he's proven that he will be... One of the best iron players on tour uh, for years to come. So, my fourth matchup is going to be Tom Hoagie over Harold Varner at minus, uh, minus 110 on DraftKings. I uh, got one more matchup for you. My last one is going to be Gary Woodland over Cameron Young at minus 120 on DraftKings. And, you know, you want to talk about a matchup that I saw and absolutely licked my chops. I mean, we get Gary Woodland who has finished. Top 10 in three of his last six starts and is quite possibly playing the best golf of his career. I'm talking better than the type of golf he was playing when he won the US Open, uh, versus a master's rookie in Cam Smith, who, yes, had a couple good finishes on the floor to swing, but has never made a cut in a major championship. And that's all I have to say as far as that ticket is concerned. So that's going to be Gary Woodland over Cam Young at minus 120 on DraftKings. My apologies, led. Onto our picks to place as far as the match is concerned.
1: All good, Doc. I went a little light on the uh on the matchups this week, but I went heavy on the picks to place. I absolutely love top 20s this week. Remember, only 90 guys in the field. So if you make the cut, you know, we're cutting to 50 guys and ties, you're and you have a good weekend, you're re- pretty much right in there, right? So for my first one, we got Louis Use Hazen, top 20 plus 130 on DraftKings. Louis is 13 for 13 cuts made at Augusta national knock on wood. We're keeping that going. Um, so assuming he's here for the weekend, he'll be right there. The guy had top, uh, had six top three finishes last year and somehow hasn't registered a top 10 so far in this calendar year. If anybody's due, it is this guy. Doc, we're expecting a little tougher Augusta national than we usually would, right? We've got some rain, so it's going to play a little longer. We've seen, uh, you know, the weatherman's been saying, we're going to get some gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Uh, and I think that bodes well for a guy who's great around the green. So Louis Hussain is eighth in the field around the green. So that combined with his solid ball striking and normally hot putter, I think he's going to do great. Uh, time and time again, this man shows up in major championships. He has the runner-up career grand slam, right? So he's just <laughs> runner-up in every single major. Uh, not the best record to have, but, you know, goes to show uh, if, when the golf courses get difficult, he, uh, he's right there on the weekend.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, my first pick to place is going to be Tiger Woods top 20 at plus 190 on FanDuel. Now, <laughs> where do I begin with the big cat, lad? Where do I begin? OK, let's start with the fact that he's wearing the classic foot toy icons this week. His staple shoe when he won all three of his U.S. Junior AMs and a shoe he wore when he won all of his U.S. Amateurs. A shoe Tiger was rocking before Nike threw all the money at him, and deservingly so. I mean, Tiger should have been making millions in college if it wasn't for the corrupt fraud organization that the NCAA is. I mean, if you saw the basketball court that Armando Bacot, uh, you know, tripped over, you saw the video led last week oh, that national championship game. What a disaster! Um, I don't know what was going on there, but Bacot leaving that game early. Uh, was a complete disaster for the end of that game. So, anyways, sorry, a little NCA rant in the middle of my Tiger pick. It's Tiger Woods, top twenty, plus one ninety on Fanduel. Let's get into the facts as far as Tiger is concerned this week at Augusta. If you not, if you have not heard by now, as of twelve thirty p.m. Central Time, August fifth, two thousand twenty-two, Tiger Woods will play the Masters, and he said in his press conference a few minutes ago that is, he does he, you know, he feels that he can win this golf tournament. And, you know, uh, look, I hope it happens for the sake of the game. I won't touch 40 to one, but what I will do is hammer a Tiger top 20 ticket, uh, which is as of right now, is still plus odds. And here's why, you know, here's why I love that ticket. Tiger has 17 top 20 finishes, including all the wins, all the runner ups, all the top fives and 23 total starts at Augusta national. That is through the injuries and through the off course issues that we don't have to get into today at the very least tiger has always nearly finished top inside the top 20 here um and while it's at plus odds why wouldn't i take it why wouldn't i take a tiger top 20 number he's never missed a cut here in his professional career so my first pick to place yours truly tiger woods top 20 plus 190 on
1: FanDuel absolutely love it uh i may be uh that's i'm gonna be mentioning that in my degenerate bet but (laughs) we are both on it which i which i absolutely love um for my next one it's gonna be paul casey top 20 plus 180 on DraftKings. best iron player in the field in his last 50 rounds casey has picked up strokes with his irons in 18 straight events um the thing that scares me a little doc is the back spasms I don't know exactly what was going on the Dell match play. Uh, I know some people had some DraftKings luck because, you know, he went, (laughs) he'd be, uh, you know, withdrawing on the second hole. Was that just a paycheck week where you show up and you get your 50 grand and get out of there? Seemed a bit of a tough scene for the guy who, you know, the 66th player in the world or who could have been playing uh, in in Casey's spot.
0: It was a tough scene for the rest of Team England, too, when Scotty Scheffler absolutely – Ran through Poulter. He ran through Fitzpatrick. He ran through Fleetwood. Uh, I don't want to hear any more about how you know Team Europe's going to all of a sudden take out the young guns of Team USA. It's not going to happen. It's
1: not going to happen for another 10 to 15 years. Love that. But this week, I'm going to back an Englishman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's coming off, uh, you know, obviously back spasms a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks off of rest. He should be good to go. He is coming off a tied third of the players, 15th in Genesis, and has a great track record, Augusta. He's made 11 out of 15 cuts here, eight top 20s, uh, five of those being top 10s. You know, All we need for this week would be obviously a top 20 here at plus 180. So for, that, for my next pick to place, it would be Paul Casey, top 20, plus 180. I think that's a must play, especially uh, now that he's healthy.
0: Okay, my next pick to place is going to be Brooks Kepka, top 10 at plus 190 on FanDuel. Uh, you know, finally, the major championship season has arrived, which means we can comfortably bet on Brooks. Here's the deal. Like I said, you know, you have to ignore Brooks' result to players. It was the product of the bad draw. You have to ignore his miscut at Augusta last year. He was dealing with the injuries. Uh, you know, the, the Kepka that we saw in the year prior to last will make a return. You know, finished second to Tiger in 2019, seventh during the COVID Masters uh bottom line is over the last 20 events Brooks is above average with his irons and he's above average with the putter that's all I care about for Brooks going into this week so my second pick to place is going to be Brooks at top 10 plus 190 on FanDuel. love
1: it love it uh my next guy I'm taking another European Shane Lowry top 20 plus 160 on DraftKings and Doc, you know, what we're starting to see here, a little bit of a trend is I'm just taking some ball strikers. i am taken some iron players. So um, Shane Lowry is the sixth best iron player in the field. Absolute shot maker. Loves to work the ball both ways. Kind of reminds me of an Irish Patrick Reed. Uh, what do you think of that comp? You know, uh, I, I think Shane, Shane primarily plays that little, does he, little, does he play a little baby cut? little baby cut but he you know he'll work he'll work a little pitching wedge uh, right to left to a little back left pin no problem I I like the comp you know funny Augusta story for me
0: the one year that I went uh when Danny Willett won remember Shane Lowry was kind of uh you know out of contention on Sunday we're all crowded around the first tee let's go Shane and he's just wondering you know he sees a patron having one of those cold dollar 50 beers at Augusta and he goes man I'm now I'm really looking forward to those. So in that sense, Shane's an absolute legend. Yeah.
1: And, you know, even the comp from just a body fat percentage, it's yeah. got to be pretty comparable there, you know, great short games as well. Um, more importantly, uh, but yeah, last three starts for on the PJ tour for Shane Lowry, second at the Honda 13th at the players 12th at the Valspar has three other top 15 finishes on the DP world tour. So, the irons are absolutely dialed in. He's picking up an average of five shots, strokes gained approach uh, in those past uh, PGA, three PGA Tour events. Um, top 25s in his last two starts at Augusta. Former champion golfer of the year. I mean, some guys are going to be uncomfortable at the Masters. Uh, I don't think Shane Lowry is one of those guys. And I just think he can definitely handle a top 20. So I think there's some value there. So for my next picks to place, it's Shane Lowry top 20 plus 160 on DraftKings.
0: Okay, and on to my next pick to place and my best bet for the week. It's going to be Russell Henley, top 20 at plus 115 on FanDuel. Uh, you know, and don't you just love the progress that Team Henley has made with the iron play this year? The aspect of his game that was always his kryptonite, and that has all changed this year for Russell Henley. In 2022, Russell Henley's uh, iron play has been consistent. Russell iron, you know, Russell Henley's iron play has been diverse with the different shot shapes that he has in his repertoire. And Russell Henley's iron play has led to five top 20 finishes in his last nine starts starts. And despite the fact that his iron play has not been elite over, uh, the years, you know, he did have top 20 finishes in his last two matches appearances in 2017, and 2018, on top of, You know, all that great info, Russell Henley has been extremely solid around the greens and with the putter coming to the Masters. I've hit, you know, uh, my last six best bets dating back to the Arnold Palmer invitational and Russell Henley, the former Georgia Bulldog, a program that has had so much good mojo this year as far as, you know, the college football is concerned, uh, is going to keep that run going this week at the Masters. So uh, that's Russell Henley top 20 plus 115 on FanDuel.
1: And then for my last uh, pick to place, I have Luke List, top 20, plus 300. I mentioned him earlier in a matchup against Eric Van Rooyen, but just kind of glossing over it again, Luke is ninth off the tee, 19th approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. Absolute bomber, averages 317 off the tee. That's top five on the PGA Tour right now. You know, tour average 297. So it's it's nice to have, you know, 20 yards on the field just uh, in the back pocket. Um, and I just think that's a huge advantage, right? We're going to expect little rain. It's going to play every bit of 7,500 yards this week. And, uh, on a course where you can afford to spray it a little bit, uh, I think, uh, you know, Luke list has been a little bit up and down this, this year does have the win earlier in the year at the farmers, uh, to kind of break through that. But all we're looking for is a top 20 this week at plus 300 plus 300. I think that's more than doable for Luke list.
0: And a couple more uh, for me. led um, I'll start. It's Sung JM top twenty plus one ninety on Fanduel. Now, uh, stick with me here as I take a chance on someone who hasn't been the sharpest tool in the box as far as the iron play is concerned. You know, Sung JM, who we have come to know over the years as someone who is uh, you know, someone who has one of the most repeatable golf swings on tour has been a bit shaky with the iron play since the Honda classic. But when you look at the large sample size, he tends to recover fast from these short stretches of average to poor play. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a guy who has seven top twenties in his last 13 starts. And even despite the poor iron play over the last few events, he still managed to finish top 20 at Bay Hill two starts ago. So you cannot look too deep into Sung Jm's poor play at the Honda and his poor play at the Players, you should focus more on the fact that just two years ago, Sung J.M. finished runner up to Dustin Johnson at the 2020 Masters. So uh, that one's Sung J.M. top 20 plus 190 on FanDuel. Uh, My second to last one is going to be Robert McIntyre, top 40 plus 190 on FanDuel. (laughs) <laughs> this has got to be one of my favorite bets of the week. You know, a big game, Rob Mack to finish top 40 at the Masters. This is a Scott who has been bursting on the scene of the PGA Tour and uh, takes advantage of every opportunity he gets. Take the sponsor's exemption he got at the Genesis, for example. Rob Mack finished 15th there, knowing that it was a key event for the future on the PGA Tour. And you're probably wondering, you know, Will, why are you – why? Why would you call him big game Robert McIntyre? What, what has he done to, to deserve that? It, you know, it's because this guy shows up in the big situation. He has two top 10 finishes at the Open, um, and most importantly, finished 12th at the 2021 Masters last year. Uh, you know, Rob had a great prep week, finishing 35th at the Valero with above-average numbers from tee to green. So I really like the Scott to make the cut and get into the mix on the weekend. So that's Rob Mack. Robert McIntyre, top 40 at plus 190 on FanDuel. And my last pick to place this week is going to be Shane Lowry, top 20 plus 130 on FanDuel. Great track record for Shane, uh, you know, uh, going into uh, the Masters. So, okay, so on to our outright winners for the week. I've already gone over these guys, uh, but we'll list them off right here. I have five winners this week. I'll start off Brooks Kepka 20 to 1. Xander Shoffley at 24 to one uh, Patrick Kentley at 28 to one Shane Lowry at 55 to one and Sung JM at 70 to one.
1: Yeah, doc. And for my winners, I'm kind of just going to list a couple in each kind of category here of the guys. I like, I do like JT at 14 to one. Um, you know, he's finished 25th or better in, uh, in, in five of six starts at Augusta 14th off the tee, seventh approach. Absolutely. Love that for this week, elite iron player. Another guy I like is Roy McElroy, 18 to 1. I think that's a pretty good number for him. Um, Zala Torres at 35 to 1. Uh, Runner up last year, Lisa Tour in strokes gained, T to green, and second in strokes gained approach. Uh, Shane Lowry, you know, glossed over him, 55 to 1. I absolutely love that number for him. Russell Henley, 66 to 1. You know, top 10 iron player in the field. the only thing that worries me a little is uh, if it rains a lot, of the course is potentially a little long for him, but I still think that's a good number for Russell Henley, 66 to one. And then for my last one, um, Luke List, 100 to one, you know, absolute bomber. Uh, like we talked about earlier, one earlier in the year at Farmers, and I just think he can tear the par fives apart here.
0: Okay, and into our dark horses. For the Masters, I'll start with uh, Stuart Hagstad, top 40, plus 360, the amateur. Uh, this is a guy who is here by way of winning his second U.S. mid-amateur. He previously uh, won in 2016 and came in 36th at the 2017 Masters, was the low-am that year, and Stu is not your average amateur who got lucky at a mid-am event. You know, He's been uh, you know on three winning Walker Cup teams, and he could have been Quite the professional, but opted to be Simon the suit and go work at Wall Street while continuing to win U.S. mid amateurs and uh, play the Masters with former Bama teammates like Justin Thomas. You know,
1: imagine taking off work to go play in the Masters.
0: Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! I need where's
1: Stuart? Where's Stewart? Like <laughs> like the Zoom call.
0: <laughs> That's good, lad. That's good. And this is a guy you who's know, played as many major championships as Sam Burns. You know, so. Um, quite the experience, quite the amateur. It's you know going to be a fun little dark horse this week. That Stuart Hackstead, top forty plus three hundred and sixty. My next one's going to be Kevin Na, top twenty plus three hundred and sixty uh, to top twenty. You know, plenty of Ryder Cup motivation here. We you know we saw him. Did you did you see him take out Joaquin at pool play at, at WGC? And I he, did. You know, he walked it in. Big fist bump. He's going. You know, uh, hey Davis Love. Hey hey Zach Johnson. You know, where's my Ryder Cup spot? Where's my President's Cup spot? Led, I think this is the last major venue that Kevin Knott can still compete
1: at. Yeah, and he's one of those guys where he's hoping the the skies close up pretty soon because he's not he's not one of those guys that wants the course to play any longer than seventy five hundred yards. You know, so hopefully that uh, hopefully those fairways get dried out pretty quick with the high winds that are expected.
0: No doubt, led another good bit there. And my last one is going to be Bubba Watson, top five at 14 to one. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed the way that Bubba has played this year. Um, Most of the stats there from Tee the Green, the big one that is not that, um, you know, has turned me off to a Bubba long shot winning ticket is that he hasn't been putting well leading into this event, has been putting absolutely awful. Um, so I'm going to take my chances on a top five ticket for him. He's not going to get the job done for the win this week, but, uh, my last dark horse is going to be Bubba Watson top five at fourteen to one.
1: Yeah. Bubba's putting has a tendency to keep me up at night. Uh, if you got it in the fourth place, you can see he's like, I think it's his right heel. Yeah. His right heel when he's putting like comes off the ground. Oh, no, straight. He's got some weird stuff going on, but two time masters. Don't talk team. me out of it, lad. No, two times, two times. you got two green jackets. Okay. That's right. I think, he knows his way around this golf course. So, you know, I like that for a dark horse. Completely um, put- correct, though. The putting is absolutely shocking.
0: It, it, it's nothing near where he was when he won those jackets, but you never know
1: with Bubba. Yeah, for sure. And then for my dark horse, uh, Tom Hoagie, 150 to 1. He is priced the same as Francesco Malinati. I just think that's complete disrespect. He is. Uh, plus 500 to top 20. I think that's another absolute must play. If someone asked me who my favorite golfer is right now, I'd probably have to say Tom Hoagie. bit of a dark horse in that as- in that sense as well. You know, he won Pebble uh, earlier in the year, ninth best iron player in the field. Doc, the one thing I was concerned about, I was like, how long is Hoagie off the tee, right? So I was looking at it. Um, you know, currently 44th on tour in driving distance at 298, uh, slightly better than tour average. I went back to last year to see, you know, if that was a bit of a fluke. Last year he averaged 290 off a tee. So Tom Hoagie had a bit of a little had a little bit of a Bryson in offseason himself to pick up eight yards uh, over the offseason.
0: Yeah, I played a lot with Tom in high school. He's a pro in Fort Worth. And I was in college in Fort Worth. He, you know, he's now working out with a guy named Tristan Smith. Uh, his brand is the Fit Lab Way uh excellent training all the pros go to him Fort Worth you're exactly right 100% paying off for to Tom Hogan this
1: year yeah I don't know if maybe adding a half inch to the driver something like that a little more speed but you know if that guy's hitting it as long as he is right now match up with uh with those irons Mr. Consistent he's made 11 of his last 14 cuts six of those being top 20s that's all he needs this week for a plus 500 ticket I think that's Absolute must play. So Tom Hoagie to win, one hundred and fifty to one. I think he looked great in a green jacket. But maybe uh, you know plus five hundred, top twenty as well. And those can be found on DraftKings.
0: Would be the first North Dakota-born, uh, South Dakota, South Dakota. My apologies to win um, on the PGA tour. So
1: would be the probably the most famous South Dakotan of all time. Pretty quickly he'd ride. Yeah, really, either one of the Dakotas. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I don't think anyone. Uh, I can't name one person from. Uh, there's going to be one that we probably know. Carson Wentz isn't right. But <laughs> yeah,
0: he's not relevant anymore.
1: <laughs> um, but um, no, no doubt
0: he. You know, I think that's a great dark horse led, You know, talk about a, an iron player. We talked about his distance, an iron player from 150 to 195. This guy is automatic. So yep. uh, great dark horse uh, pick there. Onto the winning score. Uh, Led, I'm going 16 under. I know that's kind of deep with the weather that we're forecasting, but I think it's going to get better as the week progresses, and I think they'll sniff the record, but they won't get there this week.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of caught in between, right? I like the golf course to always play as tough as it possibly can, so I'm like, okay, let's get uh, you know 30 mile an hour winds going in there. But then the issue is, then the course can't play really the way it's supposed to be played, right? Like you can't have the greens be fourteen on the stamp if the if the winds are whipping like that because the ball wouldn't even stay on the green. So, you know, between everything, we're expecting a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind. I'm just going to go with what has kind of been the average score out of over the last seven years, which is kind of that 11, 11 under range. So I'm going to take that, and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, the course holds its own. We don't need any. Uh, You don't need any uh, century turn of (laughs) champions scoring records being broken. No doubt. And uh, for my
0: best bet, I went over mine uh, a couple minutes ago. It's going to be Russell Henley top 20 plus 155 on FanDuel lead. Let's hear your best bet for the week.
1: Yeah, my best bet is going to be Jordan Spieth top 10 plus 210 on DraftKings. You know, Spieth obviously loves this golf course. He has five top three finishes here in eight starts at Augusta. And Jordan just plays well on courses he's comfortable on. You know, I don't really care how Jordan's hitting it coming into this week. You look back to earlier in the year, Pebble Beach, uh, you know, had no sign of Jordan Speed's game, uh, was nowhere to be found coming in that week, and uh, walked out of there with a runner-up just because it's a course he's won on before, and uh, he's played well on multiple occasions. In terms of what he's done lately, uh, you know, he's picked up strokes t to green in four straight events, uh, you know, four with the approach as well. So I just think that's another thing where Augustus, a second shot golf course, absolutely love that here for Jordan. And then it, is there a guy in the field you'd rather have chipping and putting around this golf course than Jordan Spieth? Probably not. So uh, you match that up with last week's final round 67 at Valero. And uh, I think he's right where we want him uh, for this week. So Jordan Speeth top 10 plus 210 on DraftKings is a, is my best bet.
0: Okay, and that's going to do it for the Masters edition of R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, you know, led great work today and, uh, you know, best of luck for Masters picks. going to be exciting uh, to watch Tiger come back. That's the main storyline. That's what uh, Barney at the Bar is familiar with. Excited to get into it this week
1: yeah i'm gonna be watching uh i got the blue light glasses ready to go cause I'm ready to, grind, <laughs> to grind on a couple screens here you know you got yeah, six the,
0: screens a couple computers laptops the iPads. Everywhere.
1: the amen corner cam hopefully get some drones out there We never know
0: <laughs> it's gonna be an unbelievable week led best of luck and best of luck to all the not out there thanks for joining us on the golf preview podcast on j stream preview we'll see you next week